What's up, everyone? Thanks for lending your ears and spending some time in my corner of the internet. My name is Ryan Kramer, host of this new show that we're launching called Crossover Commerce. Now, before we get started, let me give you just a little bit inside of my background and you know what my mission is and why I want this to be your new favorite place to consume e-commerce insights. Now, unlike most other podcasts out there or shows in this area, I've actually never personally sold on Amazon or any other marketplace before. It's all right. I'm not some seven-figure seller that has sold hundreds of products on, for you know millions of dollars. Heck, I haven't even you know tried to sell online even just to, I guess, fail at it and learn from those mistakes and then take that content and publish it on YouTube or something. So what am I doing here? Well, over the past six plus years, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work alongside some major companies in the e-commerce world. For example, one of those was an international manufacturer that sold thousands of products on marketplaces like Amazon, Wayfair, Zulily. They even had their own branded sites. Another was, and still actually is, a major SaaS company that helps empower wannabe entrepreneurs like yourself, maybe, to get up and selling on Amazon. And believe it or not, be successful at that. Now, currently, I'm working for a fintech company that helps e-commerce sellers and brands keep more of their profits when they sell internationally or sell domestically and helps basically keep more of their money, no matter what that marketplace they might sell in. So in all of that, you know, I guess somewhere I forgot to tell you, I actually made a pit stop to work for a professional sports franchise. But anyways... Let's get to the point. Through all this, I was actually able to pick up tons of valuable insights from online seller ecosystem. Anywhere from, or anything, I guess, from shipping logistics to, I guess, building a brand from scratch, working with deals and coupon sites, to driving rank for products, to even personally crashing my our own company website from the amount of traffic that I was sending to it after being featured in a major publication the Sunday before Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's a great story. I'll, I'll have to share it another time. But anyways, my point is, through all of this, I have perspective. I've seen this industry blow up to where it currently is today, and I love what I'm seeing. I love seeing where it was and where it's going, and along the way, I've been fortunate enough to meet some really cool and insightful people in this industry from business partners to people I've been able to become friends with to people. I just admire doing what they do. I want this space to be a place of growth and knowledge and where people can walk away just a little bit better than when they press that play button like you did. Now, Personally, do I have all the answers to make you a millionaire or whatever your eventual goal is going to be? No. If I did, I would have done that myself. Will you be inspired to be the next Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? Honestly, I have no clue, but that would actually be kind of cool and something. But the point of this podcast, the question I want to, you might ask and I can answer is, will I be open honest and fair when I bring you information and guests and just the insight that I share and they share 100%. There's just so many options 
and avenues to be successful selling online. Um, believe me, I feel like I've seen them all and they pop up everywhere and anywhere. But whether you sell on Amazon in your spare time or you're an international brand looking to expand your empire, I want you to tune in to this very show, Crossover Commerce, as your trusted resource to level up your e-commerce knowledge. Can't wait to do this journey with you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Look out for new episodes here upcoming. Hey everyone, I'm Rob Stanley. I'm Chief Marketing Officer with Feedback Quiz. I'm Ryan Kramer. I'm the Affiliate Marketing Manager for Ping Pong International. I'm in the United States market. Welcome and thank you for joining us on our first episode. Today with us is our very special guest, Jeff Schick. Jeff, why don't you intro yourself? Hey everyone, so I'm Jeff Schick. I'm one of the attorneys at Rafelson Schick and Seller Basics. And so uh, I'm excited to share some knowledge of the United States uh, intellectual property law with you guys today. Excellent. And, and just for everyone and their knowledge, we're going to be talking about copyright, patent, and trademark topics today, specifically for Amazon, but obviously um, e-commerce, if you're selling any marketplace, super helpful to have someone like Jeff on your side. So we're going to go through some basics first. Jeff, what are the definitions? Just let's start with the basics. What's the definition for copyright, patent, trademark? Why don't you walk us through the basics? So, okay. So the, great question. So copyrights, um, the basic answer is, you know, copyrights protect uh, visual works, written works. Um, it could be computer source code. It could be, um, you know, uh, even like, like movie quotes or movies, you know, pictures, images, anything you can think of that's created is basically protected by copyright. It's the most basic form of protection. And the interesting thing about copyrights is that uh, you don't actually have to have a registered copyright to get copyright protection but getting a registered copy, copyright allows you to take down other people when they violate your work. So it's something we'll talk about later on, but copyright is basically the most basic form of um, intellectual property protection that you can have for your product or your brand. And it's the only type of protection you really get automatically when you create something. So, um, you know, when you think of like, if you look at a logo, a logo, the shape of the logo and the way the letters are organized, like that feedback was logo right there, the whiz portion with the little box that's protected by a copyright. Now trademarks go hand in hand with copyrights. And so trademarks are what would cover the feedback whiz name. So feedback whiz itself is protected. So you can't go create a competing service called feedback, you know, wizard because it's going to compete. That would be protected, you know, trademark infringement of feedback whiz. So, um, so that's, so trademarks, those protect your low, your, uh, your name, and like the name of the actual company, it could be the brand name of your products. Trademarks can also protect the, um, you know, your, your logo design. So you can actually have a logo that's protected by trademark and copyright. So it's kind of an interesting one there. And um, in terms of a product, you know, products, product names, brand names, all those can be protected by trademarks. Copyrights can protect the actual design of your product and the bullet points, the pictures and other attributes of your Amazon product detail page. Patents are the most fun, but those are also the most expensive type of intellectual property to get. Those cover, um, you can either have utility patents, which would cover, you know, for instance, like the usefulness of something. So the way that it works, um, if you have a sling, if you got a patent on a slingshot, then it would cover the, the use of, you know, a slingshot apparatus would be covered by patent for a utility patent. Whereas there's also design patents that cover the actual design. So 
Like for instance, you might have a hairbrush that brushes hair a certain way because the prongs are organized in a certain prong pattern. That would have a utility patent on the prong pattern. But if you had a, a special handle that's really comfortable, you could have a design patent on the handle. Um, so that's, I hope that makes sense what I'm saying there, but it, uh, you know, and, and that, that whole brush itself could be protected by copyrights, trademarks and patents all in one thing, because you could have a copyright on the logo, a trademark on the name and a design patent on the, the shape and then a utility patent on the function. And then there you, now you've got a ironclad lawsuit in a box <laughs> waiting for somebody to copy. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot nice. to unpack there, obviously. Yeah. So Rob, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. So I actually had a, I have a question for Jeff then. Um, so let's go a little more detail on what you're talking about, Jeff. So if I turn around and I'm selling a product and I put my trademark name in the title and let's say I have it on, uh, the product itself or possibly just the box, the product comes in, like where is the distinction of how that protection is happening? Like if I sell a product that doesn't have my uh, name on it or my name on the box, but my name's on the title. Am I still protected? And then, you know, kind of like there's three levels there, right? It, it, title. Yeah. And then if I just put it on the box, but I don't put it on the title, don't put it on the product, or yeah. I just put it on the product, but I don't have it in the title. You know, you know what I'm saying? Maybe right. try to uh, explain a little more detail on, you know, are all three of those protected or do you have to have all three? So the first question that you asked of, do you have to have your name, your, your trademarked name on the product in the box? The answer to that is uh, no, you don't. So if you have a product that's being sold on Amazon and you just have the name in the title, then that could be enough to protect you against somebody else selling on your product listing with even like, you know, and that, that's where people can get in a lot of trouble is you might find a listing that has the exact same product. Like maybe you've got the manufacturer makes brand A and brand B, you can't buy brand B just because it looks like brand A and send it in on brand A's Amazon product detail page. And that's because brand A has intellectual property rights for their listing. And so if you're, if brand A, you know, is purchasing, you know, 500 widgets and the factory makes 500 more widgets that for brand B, you can't buy some of that brand B and send it into brand A, even if it looks the same. So that's the first major distinction where sellers sometimes get in trouble is they'll, you know, they'll go online and they'll find a product that looks identically the same. Um, you know, had, we recently had a, an issue actually with sellers selling a screw and you could buy the screw at Home Depot for $5 and it has no branding on the screw whatsoever. But then you, they would sell it on Amazon for 20 and there was actually a private label seller that had created their own listing. They had a trademark on the screw and then they started selling these, you know, selling, they were selling their, you know, you'll call it, you know, the screw company or whatever with yeah. their screw. And then a bunch of other sellers started realizing, Hey, we can buy this product at home Depot now and sell it on Am on this Amazon listing for four times markup. Well, that person who owns that listing started filing counterfeit infringement claims saying that there's that the people that were buying these screws from home Depot were selling a materially different screw. And the answer to that is that he's actually right because he owns that list, you know, he has the rights to that listing and he was claiming that it was his brand of screw and the screws being sold at Home Depot are a different brand. So you can't <laughs> sell them on his brand listing on Amazon. Now, what so about the, just a, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, and those screws of course didn't have come in bags. They didn't come with names or anything. So it just goes to show how far that protection can stretch for trademarks. Yeah. A follow up to that. Uh, 
it, would you advise people if possible, like it would probably really be hard to stamp something on a screw, right? A tiny screw. But do you advise people that if it's possible to put their name on the packaging and the product, uh, just more so it's even less, uh, uh, what is the right word? Like uh, questionable, you know, <laughs> Yeah. 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 You, they, you know, it's yours, right? Like yeah. it's like somebody's probably not going to run out and make a screw that has a stamp on it, the same stamp as yours, right? Like this yeah. one, it sounded like neither one had a marking on it that distinguished it, but you're right. The person created the listing had the trademark. So do you usually advise to have like your name on the product? Absolutely. Yeah. If you can put your name on your product packaging, then it definitely just strengthens those claims. So, so that way, and you know, people are less likely to join onto your listing because what happens a lot of times with private label sellers is they'll have all these great images of their product, but it doesn't zoom, you don't have enough of an image to show where it's got the name or maybe they don't even put the name on their product because that costs more to get a custom mold. And so they're just selling the same product as everybody else. And then random people find the picture and see that they can buy it as well. And it looks the same and then they start selling it and it just creates mass confusion. And then, basically at the end of the day, whoever owns the trademark is the one who has the rights to file counterfeit claims against those people who start selling on their listing. And that's what happens. Is there an automatic rights that a seller gets when they start on Amazon? What, what's kind of like the basics of a person coming amongst Amazon? They have their product, they have their listing. What's kind of that basic package that them as so, sellers are protected under? So the only real like automatic benefits that a seller would get is when it comes to is, co is copyright protection. And so that covers the images that you take, um, assuming that you took the images, you know, the, the photographer who takes the picture has the copyright of the image. And then whoever writes the bullet points and the description and title has the copyright of the, of the, of the, like the copyright rights to that work. Now, if they're, if you're paying them and you're a company and you're paying somebody to do that for you, then that's considered a work made for hire. So, the company retains the ownership of those images and bullet points. Um, it's always important to watch out for, you know, especially if you're hiring people in the United States to take those images and take the, or write that text for you. You want to make sure that that's specified that it's a work made for hire so that your company owns the rights because some photographers and some copywriters will try to retain copyright ownership, which then makes it challenging for you to file claims with Amazon because you have to have their permission to file. Um, sure. So that is one key distinction. You know, if you're paying somebody to do work for you, make sure that it's a work for hire. Along the same line of thought, you know, you do get a trademark right, a common law trademark right, when you start selling a product under a certain brand. But until you file with the United States Patent and Trademark Office, you don't have an enforceable trademark right that you can enforce on Amazon. So to enforce on Amazon, you actually have to have a registered United States trademark that's on the principal register in order to, you know, take down anyone that's selling either counterfeit products or, you know, selling on your listing that's, you know, selling a, a, a knockoff product, you know, so you actually have to do have to file for those. And then the same thing with patents, you, you have to file for a utility or design patent in order to have those rights, but it also has to happen. The filing has to be before you start selling the product. So it's important to talk to a patent lawyer if you think you might have patent rights. Um, big key differentiator too, is that intellectual property rights are country specific. So if you have a copyright in China or a trademark in China or a patent in China, that's not, does not translate over into the United States of having any rights. And someone could actually have a competing copyright or a competing trademark or a competing patent in, in the United States, 
and there, therefore you wouldn't be able to sell that product in the United States because of that. So you would have, so you do want to watch out and make sure that you check the uh, United States, you know, patents and trademarks so that you don't end up in a situation where you're, you know, selling a product that infringes on the U S law, even if it's not infringing on, you know, China, uh, like in their, the law in China. So you would almost suggest that that would be first step that someone before they open up a storefront or sell product internationally, check that country's specific trade or patent office to make sure that that product is secure. You can file it right then and there make sure you're protected from the get-go. I mean, it's, it's always a good idea, especially, especially if you're going to invest a lot of money in product. Like if you're going to spend five to $10,000, you know, creating a bunch of products and sending it into Amazon, um, then it makes sense to, you know, you know, have a lawyer look through and just make sure, you know, that the name that you're about to, that you're going to sell under is not, is, is not, you know, going to be violating. And for instance, you know, I'll give you an example. One of my first cases when I started uh, working with Amazon sellers um, is that I had a seller reach out to me and he, he had been suspended on Amazon for trademark infringement. And the reason, and he had an email from Amazon seller support telling him that he was allowed to create a new brand of clothing that was Nike with a Y, N-I-K-E-Y. And he had this email from Amazon's seller support representative telling him, yes, sir, you can, ha- you can sell Nike with a Y and here's the step-by-steps of how to create it. The problem is, is that that evidence of seller support telling you that is not, it's not a legal determination letter and it's not worth anything. So when Amazon's seller performance team found that he was selling Nike with a Y, they suspended his seller account and confiscated all his inventory as being infringing because it, 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 you know, teams at Amazon, you know, one teams don't talk to one another and it's not determinative. And the issue there is mainly, but you know, Nike with a Y is infringing on Nike, the global uh, footwear giants trademark of Nike. <laughs> so right. if you don't you want know, to go up against them, right? <laughs> no, if you if you'd had, you know, a 10 minute consult with us, for instance, we would have told him that right away and saved him a lot of headache, you know, headache and, money that he had to spend because of, you know, having all these goods basically just get thrown away because he couldn't sell them. So. Absolutely. So Jeff, we, we got a couple of questions. A lot of questions are coming from the um, Chinese sellers regarding uh, product pictures. Uh, okay. Let me try to get, well, there's kind of uh, two and they kind of sound the same, but let me know if you could distinguish between these. Uh, there's That's a what... question coming in about how does a seller obtain the copyright of an Amazon product picture Okay. And then there was another one that said, will Amazon automatically give copyright protection to a picture for a seller? So um, the way that you would gain copyright protection on an image, first off, you have to make sure you're the one that took the image. So you have to, you know, if you didn't take the picture, then you don't have the copyright and you won't be given the copyright. Um, Amazon doesn't actually give you copyrights. When you upload the, when you create the picture, you're given a common law copyright. And if you want to change that into a registered copyright, then you would, you know, contact an attorney and have them file the copyright uh, for you to get a registered copyright. It takes a couple months, usually around three to four months. Um, COVID is changing some of that um, because it just delays at the copyright office. And it's only, you know, roughly $50 is the copyright filing fee. So most attorneys charge about a hundred bucks. You're about looking at about $150 for a copyright filing mm-hmm. um, to protect your listing. So you can for a copyright- picture, right? Um, no, you can actually do batch uploads. So it's, oh. um, you can actually, depending on what's, what's being done, it can be, you know, as low as $50. So sometimes it's a little bit more. Um, 
but the cool thing is with batch filing is your attorney can, can save you some money there because they can do one filing and maybe you have to pay multiple copyright fees of $50 each, but you don't have to pay the attorney multiple fees because it's just one application. So, right. A uh, follow up to that. So yeah. one, once you do kind of protect that image, uh, does that give you sort of uh, the leeway like we've talked about with people jumping on listings? Like if somebody takes that photo and uses it on a different listing, yeah. are you kind of able to get that listing removed because you protected that image? You can, yeah. You can file a DMCA takedown. And so Amazon does have to take that down. Um, but a lot of times lately what they're coming back with is if you don't have that registration number and you don't have the certificate from the copyright office, um, to show that you've got the United States copyright, then they may disregard your, your takedown request. So that's where having that documentation on the front end is really important because um, it obviously can be, it used, you know, it used to be an abusive tactic that people would go on and file fake copyright claims with Amazon. And so their resolution is that they're now requesting in a lot of cases, you know, evidence that you actually own the copyright. And of course the most conclusive evidence of owning a copyright is a copyright registration certificate. So, ah. Okay. And I think there was, uh, Ryan, there was another question, I think, regarding images that came Yeah, in. Yeah, Jeff. So one of the questions about images is how, how people use the same, like many people use the same product pictures for different listings like you alluded to earlier. How yeah. do you determine who owns those images from like a 10,000 feet, you know, perspective? And if someone modifies that picture slightly, whether they take it into a Photoshop or a photo editing software, can it be judged as different? So the easy answer to the Photoshop question is that um, fair use typically doesn't cover Photoshopping um, when it comes to a commercial context. So merely taking, you know, if I have a picture of, you know, a, of a water bottle and then you put it in somebody's hand, that's, us that's not necessarily fair use. And that doesn't give you a copyright. Although you've got a copyright on the new image, it doesn't give you copyright over the water bottle or sure. the person. So, and you could be infringing either of those two images when you started. Now to answer your question about, you know, you've got a bunch of listings using the exact same image, which does happen very commonly on Amazon. The answer to that question is the only person who has the right to use that image and who has the copyright is the person who originally took that product the first time and mm -hmm. uploaded it. And everybody else that's using that image is at risk of the person who does own the copyright. You know, that person that took that picture and uploaded it, you know, they're at risk of that person retaliating and filing a takedown and Amazon's going to side with them if they do. So the, uh, so you seeing, you know, a lot of times sellers will come to me and they'll say, well, 10 other sellers are using this exact same image. And the answer to that is yes, they they're using it. They just haven't been caught yet. So it's not, it doesn't mean that you can use it too. And if you do use it, uh, you could get your entire account suspended for IP infringement. So if, so the quick answer is how do you, to know if you can use a, yeah. How do you know if you can use a, uh, an image is if you took it yourself, if you took the image yourself or you paid somebody to take it for you and you know that you've got the, uh, that it was a work for hire, then the answer to that question is that, you know, it's yours and that you own the rights to it and you can use it. So. Sure. When yeah. in doubt, yeah. take the picture yourself and don't copy it from another listing. Absolutely. Then, Even like, you know, a common misconception is people will say, Oh, I bought this from my manufacturer you know, especially on like the you know, arbitrage goods side of things, you know, like say you're arbitraging, you know, Crest toothpaste and they'll go to Crest's website and, you know, download a picture of it. Well, that doesn't give you the right to use that picture just because you're selling that product. 
And we've seen a lot of manufacturers now going through and actually doing copyright takedowns because of people doing that. So um, what we're telling sellers now is, you know, always take your own product images, especially if there's any question in your mind, whether it could be an issue. Awesome. And obviously in a specific case, ask you or anyone from your team. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, reach out to an attorney. That's uh, that's what we're here for. I mean, and yeah, I'll save the pitch for later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's our, that's yeah, my we'll, little plug for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. We'll, we'll get to it. Definitely. We'll, we want everybody to hear about Jeff and his service. We think it'll be a great uh, asset for any seller, especially Chinese sellers. Uh, but we do have another question coming in, Jeff. Uh, yes. Somebody's, and I'll have to try to maybe try to interpret this a little bit, but uh, they're kind of asking like, how can sellers protect their copyright material or goods? And I don't know if they're specifically maybe talking about like, is that a formula? What do you think, Ryan, what they're trying to ask there? Um, in terms of that, that question, how I, I interpret it is, you know, what's, what's something that people can do from the get-go? Like, what, what, what are simple step-by-step instructions, whether it's from the get-go and they want to sell as a beginner, how can they just protect themselves from getting into a legal argument or find themselves neck deep and, you know, or their listing itself being taken down? How do you preemptively, you know, protect yourself, I would say. So the best way for sellers to protect themselves is to talk to an attorney before they start selling the product. If they want, if they have, you know, copyrighted materials they want to protect and just, you know, or, and just have those copyrights filed because um, it's a game of, you know, cat and mouse. If you try to play afterwards and say that I, well, this, I started with this image in 2015 Whereas if you would have filed for a copyright in 2015 for that image, you would have a sheet of paper from the U.S. government telling you you've got this this copyright, and then you don't have to you know point the finger later and try to say, oh no, I was 2015, and then someone else says, well, I was 2015, and then someone else comes in and tries to say I was 2014, and if you have that piece of paper showing that you were 2015, you know, that's the easiest way to protect their copyrighted materials is to get that get a registered copyright from the you know Library of Congress in the United States is who issues them. You know, same thing with trademarks. If you're selling your brand and you don't, you know, you, you haven't gotten a trademark yet, you know, go ahead and, you know, get someone, you know, have an attorney file a trademark for you. They, they're very, you know, relatively, you know, in terms of business expenses, trademarks and copyrights are relatively cheap. I mean, um, you know, they're, they're not nearly as expensive as they used to be. And they offer a great deal of protection for you, not only against, you know, people stealing your ideas, um, but it also helps you as a defensive strategy from people claiming that you're infringing on their rights. Because if you've already got the the legal rights to something, either a trademark right or a copyright right, then if somebody tries to, you know, falsely accuse you of having stolen their, their intellectual property, you've got something very concrete to provide to Amazon, you know, because both copyrights and trademarks, you get a really pretty certificate that you can give to Amazon as a PDF that shows very clearly that you're not infringing. So it's a great, you know, defensive strategy to have as well. I guess a follow-up question I have about that specifically, do you need to worry about protecting yourself from other manufacturers uh, of, of goods? Like you said, is there a way to protect yourself, not just from sellers, but from other, you know, um, factories to knock off your own product that you're selling? Well, definitely. I mean, if you have an issue with hijackers on your listing, then, you know, it, uh, programs that Amazon's made available to people with trademarks include things like transparency, um, you know, there's other ways you can also register with the United States Customs and Border Patrol um, and tell them, you know, only these factories are authorized to import products on our behalf. So 
you know, there's different programs that are available to people who have registered United States trademarks um, that can definitely help with the common issues that Amazon sellers are likely to face. And, um, you know, transparency is by far the most effective program Amazon offers right now at keeping people off your listing if they're not selling your product. Because um, I'm not sure if, you know, I guess new sellers probably don't know what transparency is, but Amazon transparency is actually a program where they give you a special serial number barcode, uh, a, a little, almost like a QR code for every item that you sell. And you t so you tell them that I'm going to have, you know, batch number one that I'm producing is, you know, 500 units and they'll give you 500 QR codes. And then you have your factory put those stickers on each unit. And then if Amazon receives an ASIN without that QR code, they're going to quarantine it until they can figure out why it's missing a barcode. So what that does for you as the seller is that your 500 units that are stickered get sent into FBA, they get processed, they're sent out to Amazon customers. But if somebody else tries to jump on your listing and they don't have those barcodes, it's never even going to show up for sale for Amazon customers. So they're never going to steal any of the buy box from you. And they're never going to, you know, you're not gonna have to worry about negative product reviews coming on from, from there because if they're using a different product, you know, customers would complain that it's not matching what they purchased. So yeah. the transparency is by far the best way to protect against that. Yeah. A quick follow-up to that. And Jeff's aware of this. So actually feedback Wiz does have hijacker alerts in our software. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I think Jeff's uh, used it for himself. Yes. And that's uh, so if somebody does change your image or title or description or your price, uh, you get alerted instantly. So I got to throw that in there because definitely Absolutely. that's something I think that could help uh, some of the sellers out there. We're getting lots more questions though, Jeff on uh, photos. Uh, so sure. let me, uh, they, they all vary slightly, but uh, it, somebody asked uh, if someone uses part of a photo from the internet to print on a product label, do I need to obtain authorization from the copyright owner of the image? And I'm going to add a little more to that. Um, obviously, the answer is yes, you need to obtain it. But uh, if, there, if you're using any image, uh, you were mentioning about like using a service. Uh, do you, you probably want to have a contract or something in place if you use a service, take your photos. And then what if you do find a photo out on the internet or from somebody else? Uh, is there a, like, do you guys offer a service to approach them or it, once I've approached them and they say, yes, should I come to you to get a legal document that gives me the right to use an image? Um, certainly for some of the bigger sellers, we definitely are helping with that. So they'll come to us and, you know, if they are going to, especially, you know, especially, you know, some photographers can charge thousands of dollars. So, you know, if you're going to spend big money on photography, then definitely we encourage the sellers to come to us and let us review the contract and make sure that it says what it needs to say. Um, if it's a smaller project, it might not be cost effective um, or as crucial. But uh, to answer the first part of your question, I mean, yeah, you said it for sure. I mean, if you're using part of a photo, so like, like for instance, you might go online and find, like say you have, you're selling a pillow and you want to show that pillow on a couch. So you go and you go to Google and you type in beautiful couch and living room. And then you take the first photo that comes up and you try to put, you know, superimpose your photo onto that couch, uh, certainly that's copyright infringement because even though you you own the, the rights to the photo of the pillow, you don't own the rights to the photo of the couch. So the way you would appropriately do that is you would actually find, you'd need to find either an open source picture of a couch that allows commercial use or you need, and, and also you have to look as well because uh, some of the Creative Commons licenses allow for Photoshop and some of them do not allow you to edit the photo. So you have to make sure you're finding a, a, an open source product uh, photo 
photo of a couch that allows you to edit as well as used in a commercial context. Um, and then you have to, and then you can upload your photo onto it or you need to license it. So you'll go to like a, uh, I'm trying to think of one of the, the licensing companies, but they're, they're kind of a, like, what is, uh, do you, Rob, do you know the, one of those companies? I'm trying to think of who, who uh, I personally use Pixabay myself and I, I'll, I'd have to have Jeff take a look at the licensing on it or whoever's looking to use it from there. I, if I remember correctly, when I looked through it and I think I had you look through it at one point on yeah. Pixabay. Um, that it said you could modify it, you could change it, you could even modify it and change it, re-upload it. It's just like you couldn't put it in a package and sell that package of images to somebody type thing. If I remember sure. correctly, again, everybody, I'm not the lawyer, Jeff is, and you should follow up yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving legal advice, I'm just saying there's a website called Pixabay, so yeah. Right, but, uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, so Pixabay is one, and then there's a couple other, uh, like stock iStock Photo is another. Oh, yeah. So look for stock photo companies. And then just make sure that when you're buying the appropriate license that you, that you buy the appropriate license that allows for Photoshop and that allows you to display it in a commercial context. Um, because there are actually uh, services out there now that scan the internet for, you know, if you find some random photo on Google and you take it, there are services out there that scan Amazon on a daily basis and they'll issue takedown notices and Amazon respects those notices and they will shut down your Amazon account for doing it. So you want, you don't want to grab random photos off the internet um, without paying the appropriate royalties and licensing fees because you will get shut down. Um, yeah, is there a place? I, wanna, is there a place yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, is there a place that you would recommend going to find like certified, you know, vetted by either a lawyer or a company that would like is always great to work with? Where you know, people if they're back and forth and people claim that they do you know, Amazon photos services, is there a place that you would recommend going in terms of like, we know for a fact that they're great to work with. They'll let you, this is how they you know help you. This is all the services they offer. Where, where, where can people go in the United States and China? If you're an Amazon seller, where can they go for that kind of stuff? Yeah. So there's actually an, a, an Amazon seller that, um, that has an image service that they will make those product, uh, photo product uh, pictures for you, the lifestyle images, the infographics, you know, they'll even help you with writing your Amazon product detail pages. Um, and they're called amazing freedom. And so it's uh, Andy Slammons and Nathan Slammons. Um, they operate a service that's, you know, it's based in Pennsylvania and it's above board and does, they follow all the rules and they're definitely someone that if you're a new seller and you don't know, if you're unfamiliar with the laws and you're unfamiliar with the rules, they're a great source to turn to because they can help you for all steps of the way for product detail page development. So awesome. definitely would be, I'd say, you know, amazingfreedom.com. That's the, uh, their website, you know, check out, check them out because they definitely can, can help out a lot. For sure. And we can probably, we can try to link to those people as well in yeah. this video. So uh, amazingfreedom.com. Awesome. And then Rob, I know you had another question. Yeah, I, won't, I think this might be the last question. Then we want Jeff to definitely tell us more about the services he offers with uh, Seller Basics. But uh, it was kind of a question regarding like the account uh, health dashboard. And they were kind of asking like, you know, if I've gotten a notice or suspended, is there somewhere I could go look to see like, am I able to start selling? Because sometimes they, what do they kind of like suspend you for 30 days and you got to wait that 30 days. But is there kind of an area you know to go look at? And if I'm not mistaken, Jeff, I think you mentioned something about account help help dashboard uh, is a good place. Tell a little bit more about that and what you can learn from that area. 
So the account health dashboard is basically for Amazon sellers. It's your, your nerve center of your account that you can go to and you can see any sort of, you know, suspected intellectual property and received intellectual property complaints to help you com compliant as well as listing policy violations. So, you know, you sold as new claims, authenticity claims, uh, you know, restricted products, policy issues, everything that could possibly go wrong on Amazon just about is now being filtered onto the Amazon account health dashboard, which is under the performance tab in seller central. Um, uh, one of the cool things we offer for our seller basics members is we actually will do an account health review at no charge. So if you ever have an exclamation point show up on that dashboard, we'll jump on a call with you and we will figure out why that, uh, why that, why you've got that notification on your dashboard and, and help you figure out if you need to diagnose it. But suspected intellectual property complaints is a really big uh, proactive tool Amazon's been pushing out. It's a great resource for sellers to look at because um, if you're, if they think that you are likely to be infringing on somebody's intellectual property rights, it's going to, in many t cases, it's going to flag it there as an early warning system and allow you to take action. And so, you know, it's important to keep on track of that because the next step, if you do, if you ignore it, is it will become a received intellectual property complaint. And then you have to start writing appeals and could have your account terminated for it. So um, watching that suspected intellectual property page is really important, especially if you don't under, don't quite fully understand U.S. intellectual property laws because it's that early warning system for you. Sure. And, uh, you know, we're certainly happy to help if you have any questions at all on it. You know, we're happy to help you know, walk sellers through how to use it and what to what to look for. Well, yeah, I, I think that leads us, you know, there's so much information out there. The legal, you know, the legal trademark, any patent, there's so much information out there. We couldn't have enough time to cover it all today. Jeff, what can we do? Um, if I'm a seller, I'm like, where, where do I even start? Tell, tell us about your company. Why, why are you the guy to work with and go to on this case? Right. So, um, so a little bit about our company is, um, you know, we're a team of lawyers dedicated to helping sellers and our claim to fame of what makes us interesting is that we actually all paid for law school by selling on Amazon. So Paul Rafelson and myself, we both like, you know, the, Paul was in law school in the days of merchant fulfillment. He was up at Villanova and was, you know, literally going to the campus post office every day to ship out merchant fulfilled orders. Um, I would, when I was in law school at the university of Pennsylvania, we had FBA at the time. So I was the one going and going to my warehouse and, you know, shipping out, uh, <laughs> shipping out, you know, thousands of items a month and sending them to FBA. And so, uh, both of us paid for Amazon or paid for law school by selling on Amazon. So we actually know about Amazon from a firsthand perspective. And now we use that knowledge to really help sellers. Um, what's cool, you know, what we're the first law firm, the only one right now that actually has a program called you know, seller basics, where it allows you to pay $99 a month and it gives you unlimited consultations with our lawyers. You know, you're not getting a paralegal. You're actually getting a lawyer on the phone. You get to run your questions by, we help you figure out the situation. If there's something you need help with, we'll come up with a game plan for you. And then you get discounts on all of our services. So we help sellers with suspensions, with tax issues, with, um, corporate issues, intellectual property, you name it. If it happens on Amazon, we've probably done it. And we, our team is dedicated to your success. You know? That's awesome. And that's not just for us sellers. It's for any sellers internationally, Jeff. We have sellers all over the world. We've got sellers in China. We've got sellers in Hong Kong. We've got seller basics members in Europe. We've got seller basics members like in Germany and the UK right now. Um, I think we have a, at least one seller in every Amazon marketplace right now, which is really cool awesome. to see. So we help sellers, you know, 
if you're selling in the United States or in the European Union, we're, we're the go-to, uh, go-to firm for that. So. And Jeff, your website again to find you guys, what it's, is that? So it's sellerbasics.com or ecomattorneys.com. So one of the two will work for us. If you want to learn about the service, it's sellerbasics.com. So. Awesome. They can, we can follow you on social media and I'm sure like, like say, any, yeah. any kind of, <laughs> any kind of thing that they have questions, contact you directly. But I, I think we're running up on time. You know, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode. This has been super thank helpful. I know I've learned a lot about <laughs> patent, trademark, everything and anything. I know sellers out there are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea all this existed. I needed to talk to Jeff and his team, but hey, for, and if you sign but, up for seller basics, that call is free. So, you know, it's on <laughs> there. You go. So give us a call and we're happy yeah. to see this stuff. That's awesome. Us. So. Yeah. Th- thanks, Jeff. And everybody, I know there's more questions coming in, but uh, you know, we just, we don't have enough time to kind of, we'd be here for hours if we keep going, but any of those uh, legal questions regarding, you know, patents, trademarks, copyrights, the tons of photo questions that we got asked, uh, please be sure go yeah. sign up for seller basics, direct them to Jeff. Uh, he's the right guy that will definitely help you with all those legal questions and anything to do with, you know, legalities regarding Amazon and Jeff, thanks again for being on. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. And for Rob and I'm Ryan. Look for us I'm next Rob. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Rob over here. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you guys Ryan. subscribe to their to their uh to their webinar, you know, so that way there you get you the notification of the new episodes. Thanks. Thanks for that plug. Yeah. Look for us yeah. next time as we uh cover all the topics you're gonna need to know for any kind of seller, internationally, domestic, whatever you got. Look for us next time and we'll see you guys later. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, y'all.